How's Rowan doing? I think he's asleep. Melinda likes to make me feel bad because she loves me. And so she sent me a message. We've started putting him to bed a little earlier. So I was like, we've been putting him to bed at nine. We're going to start at 830. I was like, I'll just say goodnight before and you can just put him to bed. Right. And she just sent me a message that said, he's looking for you. Of course. <laughs> that happens. To me. And then when I said, oh, buddy, she said, have that on your conscience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens. Now, Emerson has gotten so used to me not going to work. So I've started, I've had a couple of days of work now. And so he's so used to me not going to work. Now, when I leave the house, he's just like, I go to work too. And I'm like, so I have to live with that for the rest of the day. (laughs) That's great. And I'm like walking out the door and he's like, I go to work too. And he's, and I'm just like, cool. So... That feels good. So there's that. Babe, are you are you here because you're trying to cameo on the show? She can't even hear me. What a dick. No, she can hear me. She's ignoring me. Okay. I can, <laughs> That's what you, I would do, too. That's what you do do. You said do do. Don't. Ah, oh, damn it. everybody welcome to the media lunch break bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and let down your child forever my name is chris treble as long <laughs> as always is my co-host andrew dunn say hello andrew is that something that i can do that in an hour yeah yeah i feel like i could do that pretty fast i feel like i could let down someone else's child over the course of one hour i could easily let down my entire family <laughs> like it, it but like individually yeah it's not even they were in the same room and I did it all at once. Like I could go to each one individually and choreograph and, and really cultivate a very personalized letting down situation. I feel like we're going to do that by accident over the course of this episode. Where I'm going to let down my family? I think we both are. Yeah. Our families. I think just by doing this episode, I'm letting down my family. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it was already yeah. done. You could be bringing in more money on Grubhub, mm-hmm. doing Uber Eats on a bike. I could, yeah. I could just be doing Uber. Instead of just talking about this shit. Yep, yeah. So, I feel like I've really done something today. It's good. I feel like I'm gonna edit for seven, eight hours on Sunday. Something like that, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you definitely are. Hi, future Andrew. <laughs> You're doing great, buddy. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. Don't die. Drink water. Yeah. Here, I'll give you something easy to clip out. Ready? Just that. That'll save us some time. There you go. In the episode. That's a gimme. That's a gimme right there. So, Andrew. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but a little while back, there was a cultural event, a shifting in the winds. Something changed in our world because we had the very first DC fan God, I can't do it. Are you okay? I don't know. I think my spleen. I thought you were talking about the trailer for the new movie Murder on the Nile. <laughs> I do feel bad for that movie. Because yeah. the trailer for that came out, it was like this thing and everything else. Well, and it's a sequel to a movie that was not successful. I feel like they did the same thing that DC did where they were like, oh, we're going to, how hard could it be? We're going to make an expanded universe. Right. And uh, we're going to start with this movie that's going to be an easy hit. And then both of them were like, eh. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And they were like, well, we already said we're going to do it. So here we go. It's already in the works. Yeah. So DC Fandome happened first time ever. Actually, by all accounts, it was pretty widely praised and seemed to really work yeah, out. Yeah, pretty successful. Yeah, I would say so, too. Uh, did you try and go on it at all? No. <laughs> yeah, no, neither did I. I no. uh, here's the thing. I don't know. I think I did it wrong. I think I, I think I domed incorrectly. I don't know. I tried to go on. Did you dome as a fan? Oh, maybe that's what it is. I tried to dome as press. Oh. Yeah, I think that's what the problem was. No, see, I think I know what the issue was. They saw you coming from a mile away and they went, oh, he's for fan dumb because he looks like a fucking idiot. That's down the street over there. Wow, you son of a bitch. Oh, wow. Everyone's talking about like the digital dome and everything. Every time I logged on and was lo- watching a panel, there was nothing. Wait, that's what everyone is talking about? No, that's that's only partial. But then I quickly realized, here's the other thing I realized with Fandome. I was like, oh, I should sit down and watch this. This is going to be big. There's going to be a lot of big announcements. And then I realized I could just go spend time with my family because it'll all just be on YouTube in about 20 minutes. So. Yeah. In fact, that evening... Someone had put all the trailers into one video and uploaded it to YouTube. Yes. And I was like, I I was like, this is a successful con because like every other con, I didn't attend and I saw all the big news anyway on YouTube. (laughs) That's the mark of a good convention. It's funny because when you said it's a con, I thought you meant like a like a con man, like a con artist. And I was like, it's that too. Yes. It's, aren't all conventions that really? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. So, and we said this last week, we were pleasantly surprised by all the stuff that came out in Phantom. There was a lot of good stuff and we're going to break it down for a little bit. Yeah. We kind of say that we talked some of the smaller news last week, but we're going to hit the bigger stuff. Really a lot of the trailers that came out uh, from DC Phantom. I think we'll just start going kind of down the line with this. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. Sounds great. Okay. All right, so let's start off uh, Wonder Woman 84. Got the new trailer. We got to see Maxwell Lord. Wow, that was right. That could not have been more into the microphone if you had put it in the bottle. (laughs) Wonder Woman 84, you got got Maxwell Lord. And uh, is is it Pedro Pascal or is it Pablo Pascal? I'm a racist. (laughs) Quickly help me. The Mandalorian is Maxwell Lord. Uh-huh. Um, uh, looking like he's the president. His first name, and this is going to sound racist, but it's not, is Jose. Is it really? Yep. Jose Pedro oh, okay. Balmacida Pascal. Okay, thank God. There is a Pedro in there, though. It was like, I <laughs> yes. couldn't be that I think he goes off. by Pedro Pascal. He does go by Pedro Pascal. Okay. I knew it was a P and a P. Pedro Pascal is Maxwell Lord. Looks like he's president of something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think of the country. Yeah. And we got the real exciting thing is we got our first look at Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. Yeah. Which is funny because my work is in licensing with Warner Brothers. And I've I was like, oh, have we not seen that yet? <laughs> so it's like I've been staring at it for the past like six months. <laughs> you didn't share it with me. I wasn't allowed to, bro. We do things we're not allowed to from time to time, though, don't we? Yeah. When we can be in the same room together, not when there's a paper trail. Oh, you mean sex things? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think of the look of Cheetah? You guys had six months to work on the CGI, like extra, and like this CGI should be fucking like 
incomparable to anything else we've ever seen before because that's always the reason stuff is bad right it's because they they are they just throw money at designers and they're like get it done by this date it has to get done by this date and then they're like <laughs> work 45 hours a day right and then they they don't sleep and they just like are, are are in like terrible condition that's supposedly what happened with the sonic movie so they ended up giving it more time and it turned out great right it's fine but like there's something about the movement that just feels off like she feels weightless like it's very similar to that same like i had a similar issue with superman during man of steel when he's fighting in the air with zod like the the hits don't feel like anything it's just like paper knocking paper around and it's sort of a similar feeling yeah i can i can see that i kind of i also get that feeling now that you say it i also get that feeling from watching that shot of her lassoing lightning yes same across it yep because there's no like pull yes. to it she just it's sort of just moves. she grabs on and she swings yes. yeah, yeah yeah she yeah. just moves forward it's like they take a like a like a cutout of a picture of her and just like shift it over exactly yeah <laughs> but i like the look i like the look of of cheetah i think yeah like on a single image i think it looks great like on a paused on a single frame right i think it looks real good it looks real nice yeah i'm thinking okay because there's been a lot of speculation of what's going on with the plot of this. Steve um, Perry. Trevor. Oh. I almost said Steve Rogers. I was like, nope. <laughs> We're going to get tweeted. It's a different Chris. Yep. It is a different Chris. Wow. <laughs> what gets... is it with Chris's playing Steve's? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not one of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you've played a Steve. I don't think I have actually played a Steve. Do you think that's why I'm not successful? Well, I wasn't going to say anything, but. Yeah, that's probably true. If the Steve fits. <laughs> oh man we are the only ones who find us funny so i think what do you think is going on with steve trevor is it he, it seems like he's he, it's him it's not like a son it's not a descendant it seems like it's actually him it is yeah yeah i think uh pablo pascal has uh has given him uh sorry 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 that's not his name i hate this because i don't fully know if you're doing a joke or sorry 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 i got his name right wrong. now juan pascal <laughs> I think he, um, he, uh, Chris, they're all Chris, Chris Pascal. I think his character creates a device that basically lets you do whatever, but at, at the cost of something. Right. So like some, like they're probably going to explain it as like, in order for something to come out, something has to go in, even if that's like figurative. Like I have a feeling Cheetah is going to like lose her sanity or whatever. Like sure. she's going to give up a piece of herself to gain a new piece of herself. And I think it's real. Like, I think it's going to be. I said Chris Pine. It's going to be Steve Trevor. No, it's going to be Chris Pine. Yeah, the actor. And he's like, I wasn't even born yet. Yeah. I think they're going to find out that like, oh, there are huge negative side effects to this thing that everyone is doing. And so they're going to have to shut it down. That is, I think that scene of him in the White House, that is the, I'm going to say that's going to be the turn into the third act. That's actually what I think. I think that's going to be turned into the climax of the movie. So I think, because I think you're on the right track. Everything about this trailer seems about wish fulfillment. A guy standing in the White House, Kristen Wiig talks about wanting to be an apex predator. Wonder Woman has Steve Trevor back. So everything is about... It's also a, a very common 80s trope. Yeah. Yeah. The be careful what you wish for type of thing. Yeah. Well, and even just like, like that's the plot of big, like it's the plot of like tons of eighties movies is that like they wish for something and then it happens. Freaky Friday is a similar thing. It's a very, very common eighties trope. Right. And so I think 
it's I think it's exactly what you said it is that he has some sort of wish fulfillment thing and you're right there's a cost to it I think if there's a cost to it cheetah's cost is her looks because she looks like a cheetah oh sure so i think she's gonna wish to become this apex predator and the be careful what you wish for thing is like fine you can be that but now you're a weird cat lady and you're a freak and so i wonder what chris pines is going to be chris pine is the is the wish fulfillment well no i know i know but like what is the oh what does she give up yeah do we never see her yet as wonder woman with chris pine right even in the jet She's dressed regular. Maybe she becomes a regular person. I wonder if she has to give up her powers. powers yeah. And she gets... Or possibly she gives up her place at Themyscira. Yes. And then, because the reason he's not in the later movies is obviously he sacrifices himself and says, you have to give me up in order to get the upper hand. That's going to be it. Or maybe he kills himself or something right. and she gets her powers exactly. back or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely that. I just realized how sexist the island name is that she comes from. The mascara? The mascara. There's a Y in there. It's not spelled the mascara. <laughs> maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's the mascara. <laughs> I love your jokes. <laughs> I love your jokes so much. Um, all right. What else we... Uh, let's see. Let's do... Let's oh, get to... Before we move on, I just wanted to say there's a very nice truck flip in that trailer. There is a good truck flip in that. I really like it. I love a good truck flip. Mark of a good movie. If there's a good truck flip in the trailer, I'm like, you got, you already have my money. Yeah. Mark of a good film. Gal Gadot of a good film. Uh, I think uh, regardless of the name of the person who's in it, a good truck flip is a good, good thing to put in your movie. I will never forget the first time I saw that in Dark Knight ever. I just gave that a rewatch and I'm like, that truck flip. I did too. Man, yeah. Still fucking great. It's a good truck flip. It's a great truck flip. Yeah. I'll tell you what, for all its flaws, X3. Oh. Good truck flip. Yeah. Uh, same with... um. Fantastic Live for your die hard. Live for your die hard. Good truck flip. Yeah, it has a really good truck flip. Let's do an episode flip. all on just truck a flips. truck flips? I would love a to truck do that, flip actually. Episode? That's actually yeah. pretty good. I think that'd be yeah. a good episode. Or at least that'd be a good YouTube video. Yeah. Best, ah, like the 10 best truck flips. Yeah. Somebody write that down. I think that's... I'll expect it on my desk on Monday. Excellent. Yeah, because I don't have enough to do. You want to do a video game or you want to do another movie? Oh, God. I don't know, man. Surprise me. It's all so good. All right. Let's do Suicide Squad then. Because we'll do we'll do a twofer with that one. The game? The game. And we'll talk and a little movie. And then the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Suicide Squad movie. Uh, Nope. Suicide. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be the whole segment. There's Suicide Squad. And then there's the, the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Suicide Squad killed, killed the, the Justice, Justice League. League. Yes. That trailer... I love that trailer. That might, it's weird. That might be the thing I'm the most excited about. Right? That is, and it's an extension of the Archiverts, which you haven't even played. Yeah, I haven't. So we talked about this, I think, two or three episodes ago. And you had said, like, what about this? What does it need to be good? What does it need to, what would happen? To, like, what would make it not good or whatever? And I had said, like, if you make it so you have to play as certain characters in order to fulfill certain levels... I'm just going to tune out. I Like, I don't want to play as, I don't know. I have no interest in playing as um, maybe Deadshot. Like, I don't like a good, like, run-in, hack-and-slash. I mean, he's not really hack-and-slash because he has guns. But that's the idea, right? Is he's the, like, run-in, do it, do it, do it, quick, 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 bang, bang, bang. I would rather either shoot stuff from afar or be a tank. So I'd rather be, like, Captain Boomerang sounds like a fun one to do. Or King Shark would be a fun one. Yeah, that um, looks awesome. So I don't want to have to play as these other characters if I don't want to. And it looks like it is going to be 
all four members of the team are always going to be there and you can switch from one to the other as you like. And you can even do co-op up to four people so you can all be playing the game together. That's exciting. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Only two voice actors have been listed so far, even though we've gotten a trailer with all four of them. Right. I scoured the internet. I cannot find anything that says who's playing uh, Deadshot or Captain Boomerang. Yeah. That guy, whoever's doing Captain Boomerang sounds great. He does sound very, he's very funny. Yeah. Tara Strong is playing Harley Quinn, which is great. She originated the character. Of course. And uh, Samoa Joe from WWE is doing his first acting thing outside of WWE as King Shark. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the Samoa Joe one. That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited. They obviously, I think they picked the four best characters they could pick for this. It gives you a good variety. I think that it gives you a strong, they're heavy hitters. And it's not too many. That was the other thing. I was like, how many Suicide Squatters are they going to put in? Suicide Squad typically has like six to eight people in it. Well, it might be cool, too, that maybe down the line you can unlock additional oh, people and switch some of them be, out. There's going to be That'd some be cool. good DLC for this, I feel like. Well, and it's a good point, too, is that even just like aesthetically, like I don't even know how to describe it, but just like the character dynamic of like these three idiots and the competent leader is something that has worked in repetition over the course of decades of character development in modern history. So like you have both of them and you see it in the trailer, they all get frustrated. Like the, the leader is frustrated that they're calling him out on something and they're all like, we know you never miss. Like they're all upset with each other, which is great. It works perfectly. You instantly get the feel of the dynamic of the, of the, personality of the game yes just from that one trailer yeah. and each character yeah they're all different yeah i'm oh, i'm super excited about this one you see did you see the movie the um it wasn't it wasn't really a trailer which i didn't expect but in some ways i was actually more excited about this than if we had gotten a trailer just seeing all the bits of them filming it and everything for the for the suicide squad is it the suicide squad is it the suicide squad that's the Suicide Squad. I have only written one note about this movie. Yeah. I have one word. Boom. No. Mulligan. Because <laughs> I love that, like, they're straight up just like, nah, that one never happened. <laughs> yeah. Look at this one now. They're like, is it a sequel? Is it not? And they're straight up like, who gives a shit? Yeah, who cares? Uh, what happened to Deadshot? Oh, uh, look over here. Yeah. <laughs> totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, which is so funny to me, too, because I'm always, uh, you know, I'm always like up, up, up Academy Award winner Suicide Squad. Yes. You know, absolutely. like it won an Oscar and it's still one of the worst movies they've put out. Yes. It's terrible. One of the worst movies anyone's ever put out. Is this going to be the first solid, good DC movie? Like I, we both talked about how we kind of like Shazam. Shazam's pretty good. Aquaman's fine. Is this their Guardians of the Galaxy? Like the movie that just like totally switched the tone and the quality of the films? I think it could be. I think it definitely could be their first really big hit. I mean, obviously, the pieces are aligned that it could. You've got Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is actually one of the good things about Suicide Squad. She's really good. The cast that they've given to fill out, really good. The characters are the right characters for a filmmaker like James Gunn to play with. And just the idea that it seems like they've let him just go like kind of balls to the wall of 
listen, we're going to, it's just going to be a war movie. We're going to storm a beach. There's going to be a lot of explosions. There's ridiculous characters. It doesn't, we can kill anyone we want. It doesn't matter. Javelin's going to die in the first 20 minutes, right? (laughs) Probably. Yeah, probably. Do you know who that actor is? Flula Borg? The name sounds familiar, but I don't know where. He got famous initially making a YouTube video called Jenny Likes to Poop at Parties. He's from, I believe, Germany, and he made this video that may or may not be real. It may have been him just like putting on a thing, but he's like, someone said someone was a potty pooper, and I could not figure out why that was bad. Like, she goes to parties and she poops? She poops at parties with the door open? Why is it bad to poop at parties? If you have to go, I don't see the problem. And it's like this five minute video of him just like talking to himself about the ridiculousness of this word and how he doesn't understand it. <laughs> but now he's an actor, a stand-up comedian, a musician, a DJ. His last big thing that he did was a tour where he opened for Conan O'Brien. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But he's definitely going to die in the first 20 minutes. Oh, he's definitely going to die in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, Pete Davidson's also going to die yeah. pretty quickly. I wonder about Fillion, too. I think Fillion's going to weirdly make it through a good portion of the movie. I think he's going to be the one you're going to be like... I think he's going to explode. I think he's going to be the one you're going to go, oh, he's going to die within the first 10 minutes of this. And then he keeps almost dying and doesn't. And then at the moment you think he's probably going to make it through, they'll just kill him. Do you think he's just going to keep losing limbs? I think that would be great. And it makes no sense on why he's still around, but he's just around. But that's the thing. It's like, I, I think this movie... All the pieces of it are put together that this could be DC's first really big yeah. standout hit. That being said, the only other way I could see this going is that because this is not a Marvel movie, and so James Gunn has to kind of fit it into that the Marvel formula and keep it a little bright and happy, he can do his more probably like slightly darker, weirder humor to it that this could be like... The people who love it, love it and think it's like a perfect movie. And the people who hate it are like, I don't understand this. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the only other way I could see this going. You mean like Joker? There's you're really cruising on this one. okay, bud. (laughs) Okay, so just just watch it. All right. Yikes. Did you, I'm sorry. Are you trying to imply that that was not the best movie ever made? So should we go on to? Okay, I'll give you a uh, dealer's choice on this one. Do you want the? Do you want Snyder Cut Justice League or do you want the Batman? I want the Batman because the first question I have is: Is this set in the Joker universe? No, it is not. Are you sure? I'm positive. What's up with all the guys wearing Joker masks? I think it's an Easter egg. I don't think it's set in the Joker All universe. Right. Did, has someone said that? I think they've said okay. that it's not. It seems I'm like the sure same universe. It, <laughs> it seems dark. and it Totally. Seems, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. And like there's a bunch of like it feels like it's 15 years after the, that movie. You know, it feels totally plausible. A hundred percent. I understand what you're saying. I could see that. But I don't think this is. I don't think it is. That being said, goddamn, this looks great. Yeah, me. it does look very good. This is finally like I'm excited that the Riddler is the the villain, and it looks like it is like Batman crossed with Seven, 
which is really what Batman should have been long ago. Did you see fucking Colin Farrell? That is, that is, that's him, right? Yeah. Nobody knows it's if him. it's him, but it's definitely him. They do now. Uh, DC, oh, who, who said it? Um, DCU Direct tweeted and posted a picture of that guy from the trailer. Yes, this is actor Colin Farrell as the Penguin in the new trailer for The Batman. Excellent. You heard it here. Media lunch break exclusive. Nowhere else. This is it. We've got the hot take. That is Colin Farrell as the Penguin. That's going to get our tweets up. He's unrecognizable in the best way. That's It's unreal. I love that it's in year two, which is an unexplored part of kind of the Batman mythos. Like, I... It's interesting because people are going to go, oh, but we've seen like the beginning of Batman before, which we have, but we've never seen this portion, this like in between thing. We've never seen the intermediate Batman. Exactly. Even in, because I just a couple of days ago gave the whole Dark Knight trilogy a rewatch. And I realized even in Batman Begins, he goes basically from training and there's one scene where he's in Gordon's office and he jumps out onto the, the fire escape and like hits his ribs and falls down. There's like one awkward moment. And then from that moment on, once he's Batman, he's Batman. Like he is ba- like he's been Batman forever. <laughs> I did not no, I didn't Speaking mean to. Speaking of that. the Riddler. Don't, no, don't, don't, don't. Just don't. I didn't mean to. Just don't. But uh we've never seen this like kind of in between the getting to know each other face between the police and Batman and the uncertainty. Of, where he is the one wearing hockey where pads. Where he is the one wearing <laughs> hockey pads. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And I love that they keep the makeup, the black makeup around yep. his eyes. Me too. That's fantastic. It works it's really been well. about damn time that they actually acknowledge he does that. Yeah, they actually weren't going to do that, but that's just what Robert Pattinson wears. So they decided to keep it in. Yeah, that's just a shot of him during quarantine. <laughs> just microwaving pasta and just... <laughs> What the fuck he does apparently <laughs> this is the only other note other than the joker masks thing that i wrote down it's amazing how quickly dc switched from everything has to be in the same universe to just put two batmans we already made into the flash movie and edward cullen turned into a bat a couple times in twilight yeah yeah give him a movie too he's got bad experience oh we have two batman can we get three we can do yeah, three let's do, do it three. Fuck why it. not let's yeah, do it why not I know, but this is what I've been saying. Like, it should have been forever ago. Like, this is what I I said it should be and will be. Like, if you're not going to do the Marvel thing, don't do the Marvel thing because they're doing that. Go the opposite way. Go complete opposite and break it wide open. And it's working. It's say what you want about. I know you didn't like Joker, but people fucking loved it. No, listen. And I said it and you can go back and listen to the episode. We talked about it. I at the very end, I said, I hate this movie. But at the same time, give me more of this. Like, take these big swings with things. And that is not what is wrong with it. That's actually to its benefit. Right. The You know, all the things that I hate about it. If that movie had happened in the Ben Affleck verse. Right. It never would have. It would have been way worse. Right. All the things I hate about it. I still appreciate the fact that they went, fuck it. We're going to, we're going to try this balls to the wall. We're going to do this full out. This looks like we're going to get some honest to God, like actual detective work, Mm. which is what I've been waiting for a Batman movie to be is like an actual detective work. I like the idea of being able to see a Batman that isn't invincible. That isn't instantly just like, I'm rich. I got all the motherfucking gadgets. Here we go. 
like I have all the solutions immediately that he's going to have to struggle and figure this out. I like I'm so for this. This is going to be good. I don't know if you saw as well a uh, a professional cryptologist on Twitter solved the riddle that you see in the trailer. What's the ri- the which riddle in the trailer? What is it? Oh, what is it? Batman opens a card and it says, "What does a liar do when he dies?" or after something like that. And there are there's a code at the bottom. And he like interpreted the code right. and figured it out. And it says he, so it's, what does a liar do when he dies? And it's, he lies still. Mm, that's good. I like that. So hopefully that's not important to the movie. I I don't actually <laughs> care if it is. Cause what's nice is like, as much as we saw in that trailer, I have no idea about anything about yeah. this. Yeah. And apparently that is 25% of the movie. Yeah. I mean, the trailer is not 20, yeah, but yeah. they have shot only 25% yeah. so of the So they had movie. to make a trailer with what they had already. Yes. And that's what they came up with. And it looks, yeah. looks great. Incredible with just that. So that I'm what so else has, It's Matt that. Reeves, right? What else has he done? He did the Planet of the Apes movies that you hate. Did he do anything good? Um, Did he do all of those or did he do just the one? Let me see. He did. He just did the bad ones, which is all of them. You're a cute one. Get your darn day pans off me. Oh, he directed Cloverfield. That was his that was his big thing. Okay. That's a fine movie. Wow, he doesn't have a lot of credits. No, that's what I mean. He's pretty Oh, he didn't do the first Planet of the Apes. He just did the last two. He just did the bad ones. Other than he didn't do the one bad one. He did the other bad ones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote I'm just looking at his IMDB. He wrote Under Siege 2. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Wow. One of his eight credits. Yeah. Under Siege 2. Good for him. Good <laughs> for him. I think you did know this, but I don't think I've said this. I dated. Yes, I know this, but you have. And I know <laughs> I know it. And I know you haven't said it because I've thought about bringing it up on certain occasions and I have not on purpose. All right. I'm not going to say it then. No, say it. No, no you can't tease it like that. You got to say it now. I dated Steven Seagal's niece. Yep. Yes, you did. You totally did. That's all. And thankfully, she looked nothing like him. No, no, she didn't. <laughs> No, she didn't. I still, every once in a while, I still think about that. I'm like, he dated her. Steven Seagal's niece. I did. Such a weird, every time I see his name, I think of you instantly. (laughs) That's a weird connection. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. I just remember you, you told me that and you were like, she's his niece. And I was like, why is she not mentioned this? And she's, he's like, and you just were like, they don't like to bring it up. It's yeah, not well, it's not, okay yeah. I think he's just sort of off doing his own thing. He's not really a like extended family person, you know, or a human being, really. <laughs> okay, let's see which ones have it. Okay, let's do. Um, let's move on. Let's go to a Snyder Cut trailer for Justice League. Okay. Yeah. Now you and I have gone round and round about the Snyder Cut, sir. So I'm curious. After this trailer, what are your thoughts? It's four hours. It is four hours. They're breaking it up into four one-hour things, into four one-hour episodes. So we only saw, like, an hour and a half of it. And most, or not most, but a lot of that was not any of that. So, like, we probably saw an hour of Zack Snyder's Snyder's footage. Correct. And not even in a plot that this is going to go in, essentially. I I just... I have no, all right, look, every DC movie, the trailer looks incredible. 
And then I go to see it and Zack Snyder disappoints me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why this would be any different. But does this look incredible? No, it looks better. It does look better. It looks fine. This There's nothing in it that makes me go, holy shit. Everything is like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, we already knew about Black Suits, Superman. We saw some of this Ray Fisher stuff already in old trailers. Okay, yeah, there's some... I mean, Flash doesn't look like a complete idiot. This does make me more hopeful for this, I will say. And I've been trying to stay tampered in in my feeling about how this is going to go because a i don't want to be disappointed and b because of peer pressure but this does get me excited for this i do think this is gonna i don't want to say it's gonna be good but again i'm also just trying to tamper my expectations in case it's bad i'll say it's probably good i think this is gonna be good this looks at least cohesive yeah and really that's what I want for this. the And honestly, after seeing this, the idea of a four hour this kind of looks interesting to me. I'm very excited to see more cyborg stuff. Yes, I am too. Because it was really disappointing. Zack Snyder called him the heart of the film. Right. And then he just basically wasn't in it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is that I think my issue with Justice League, the original one, is that they're tr- they were trying to introduce all these characters and then explode them out into their own movies, but you don't spend any time with them. You don't really get to know them, right? This, over the course of four hours, it gives you the, the ability to do that. So you're taking like your first Flash movie, your first Cyborg movie, your first Aquaman movie, essentially, and weaving it within this four-hour narrative. Yeah. Which, if you do that well, I'm willing to sit with you for four hours if you give me a good solid plot and good solid character laying the groundwork, this does get me more excited for it. I do think this is going to be good. Is it going to change the world? No. But is it going to be good? Yes. Maybe part of that is because it's it's going to be me sitting in my own home. I don't have to fret over like, is this going to be worth 20 bucks to go see? Yeah. Is this going to be me sitting down at my own time and going, okay. Let's put this on. Let's check this out. These are my notes that I have written about it. Go for it. Darkseid must need a staff. And then Wonder Woman finds it. Because we see the first time we see Darkseid, he's holding some sort of staff. And the second time we see the first time we see Wonder Woman, she's like finding this staff that's like stabbed into the ground. And she's in like a suit. She's not wearing her costume. Right. Right. I love uh, the shot of Cyborg throwing some missiles somewhere in his Gotham City University jacket. Oh, yeah, that is good. I don't know what's going on there, but it looks real cool that like there's just missiles sitting in the air and you just see his jacket from the back and then he throws like his letter jacket and then he just like throws them somewhere else. We see Iris West, which is interesting, right? Character we didn't even, that was completely cut out before. Yeah. And uh, my personal favorite part of the trailer The full church choir sings Hallelujah Chorus when Aquaman takes his shirt off. Which is, I believe, what happens every time Jason Momoa takes his shirt off. (laughs) Yeah, there's actually a choir that follows him around wherever he goes. He doesn't hire them to do that. They voluntarily do that. Yeah, they just do it. I'm in Their payment is getting to see Jason Momoa without his shirt on. Have you seen him walk around with his bodyguards? Without a shirt on? No. Oh, um... With his bodyguards? Yeah. I haven't, but I can only imagine he's 10 times bigger than yeah, any of them. Yeah, you should search Jason Momoa with bodyguards. They're like, okay. yeah, they're like a foot shorter than him. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Have you ever heard him 
talk to the one press guy when Aquaman was going to come. I forget if it was Aquaman or Justice League, but when one of them was going to come out and they go, they said something like, so did you, did you have to learn to swim to play Aquaman? And he just looked at him like, no, putting up with this question. And he just went, I'm Hawaiian, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Just like shut this guy down. A lot of Hawaiians don't know how to surf, but. You know, that guy was. Also in the almost in the NHL. That doesn't surprise me. He, Jason Momoa was almost a, a professional hockey player. I'm amazed he wasn't almost in the XFL. Still could be. Or WWE or like UFC <laughs> or fucking literally anything that requires any kind of physical ability. I'm amazed he wasn't almost in it. <laughs> did oh, you look it up? I did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so good. They don't look like bodyguards. They look like his interns. Yeah, they do. <laughs> he looks like he's walking with his friends that just got done at the Best Buy Geek Squad desk. <laughs> he looks like he's just walking around, uh, like around Wall Street. He looks like he's just trying to pass between these two people, these two complete strangers on the sidewalk. These two short people who are probably like five foot ten. That's hilarious. The one guy, I mean, I can't believe that one guy's a body. Anyway, it's okay. Anyway. Okay. Last one, which is going to take us into the reading assignment. Gotham Knights. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Batman video game, not part of the Arkhamverse, which is weird because Batman's dead in this. Spoiler alert. I'm just going to cut right to my exact question. Are you excited to play a Batman video game with no Batman in it? He's in it. He's not dead. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, he's definitely in it. He's got to be in at the end. 100%. My God. I think he comes in halfway through. I find it fascinating that for some reason, people keep thinking it's a great idea to create some sort of Batman property with no Batman in it. Yeah. That's happened a lot. You know what I mean? Like half the stuff we've gotten. Gotham. Yes, I know Bruce Wayne is in it, but it's Bruce Wayne. It's definitely not well, Yeah, Joker. Gotham. Joker. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. This game, the Batman Gotham PD show that's going to come to HBO Max. Why? I don't. I want to play a game with Batman in it. This does look really good. And I'm excited to play as all these characters. But I'm like, why do you keep trying to sell me on the idea of it's great to be in a Batman story with no Batman in it? That's why I show up in the first place. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to come out immediately that he... I think there's a good chance he comes back right away. I'm almost certain in the trailer when they start showing the Court of Owls, I'm almost positive the person who's looking around with a mask on their face is him. Yeah, that I could... Yeah, 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 yeah. I could definitely see that. I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be brainwashed by the Court of Owls. I don't think so. I think he's going to have faked his death in order to investigate them. From the inside. I think he's going to be a talent and then you have to fight him and then wake him up from it. And then, nah, you know what? Well, why don't we just play the game and find out? Maybe you will. (laughs) (laughs) Of the two, you have Gotham Knights, which is not part of the Arkhamverse. Fresh start, fresh kind of storyline universe, right? Suicide Squad, part of the Arkhamverse, but Arkham adjacent. Which one of these do you go for? Oh, my God. Suicide Squad. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And I've never played the Arkham games. So, like, that means nothing to me. But, like, I have no interest in playing Dick Grayson as Nightwing. I was like, I don't don't give a shit about that. 
it looks way more fun to play Fortnite as the Suicide Squad. This is what I'm saying. I, I mean, listen, I think this game's going to be good. I ha- I think this is going to be a problem because it's going to be like there was Arkham Origins, which is a Arkham game that came out that is not made by Rocksteady. Oh, and so it was questionable on like if it even exists in the same universe or not and things like that. And I think it's going to be this is going to be the same thing where it's like this is like an Arkham Light. This is going to be feels kind of good to play, but it doesn't yeah. quite scratch that itch that you wanted with a new Arkham. Game. Yeah, I think probably as well. I, I don't know. It looks kitschy. Like, I don't know. I have no interest. Yeah, I have no interest. I'm in interested to see the Court of Owls. I think that's it. I think but now I've already seen the Court of Owls. I don't give a shit. Big. Yeah. Um. So that being said, since we're talking about him, do you want to go just right into reading? Assignments? Let's do it. Before we do that, you could cut this part out. I'm going to end this call. And I'm going to call you back on a different device because this device is about to die. Okay. All right. I'll be right back. I don't know why he wasn't charging his phone this whole time. My phone's charging. I'm not even, I, I don't even use, I'm not using it. I'm using my computer, but my phone's been charging the whole time and it's still at a hundred percent. I don't know what he's thinking. He's got a thumb up his butt. Well, this is awkward. <sighs> Listen, I know right now, Andrew, that you recorded some bullshit message and you're talking about me behind my back while I'm trying to get this set up and I don't appreciate it. So you better shut your mouth and quit talking that trash before I come over there, stomp your ass. How are you guys? How are you doing while we're waiting for Chris? Tell me how you're doing. Uh, I don't know if you're, if, if any of our patrons are listening, but tell me on Patreon, tell us on Twitter. If you're listening, just tell us how you're doing anytime this comes out. We love to hear from you guys. So, yeah, just uh, just give us a tweet or um, a comment on Patreon because we love you guys. I mean, Chris doesn't. He doesn't do shit, but I do. Also, thanks for editing this episode. You're doing a great job, bud. You're doing really great. I'm sure Roan will totally appreciate this when he's in therapy. Oh, great. Chris has decided to grace us with his presence. Hate that motherfucker. Hey, you're back. You did it. Yes. Chris, let me set the scene for you. Let's. It's August 2010. You've just finished your second year of fourth grade. It's summer and you're uh, preparing for your third year of fourth grade. You've just fed and cleaned your Tamagotchi. You've put your Trapper Keeper under your bed. You've cleaned up all your pogs. You decide to lay down on the couch and read through the latest issues of Batman Incorporated and Batman The Dark Knight. Suddenly, the phone rings. You walk over to answer it, because it's attached to the wall in your kitchen, and you pick up the phone, and it's DC Comics, and you're so excited. And you're like, oh, hey, DC Comics. Uh, I was just about to read your latest Batman issues, but DC Comics is sad. And he says, hang on, Chris, I don't have much time. I just wanted to let you know that it was an honor serving you. And then he hangs up. And you think, that was strange. But oh well. And then you start to head back to the couch to read your comics when the phone rings again. And you go back to the phone and you you pick it up. And uh, as soon as you do, you know, you start to say hello. And you hear an explosion on the other end. And bang an electric guitar. And then you hear DC Comics, but he's different somehow. And he's like, hey, bitch, weak-ass pussy. I'm not fucking around anymore. This isn't your fucking mama's DC Comics anymore. No, sir. I'll fucking kick your mom in the vag and tear her head off. I don't care. I'm DC Comics. Fuck you. And you're like, whoa, man. Come on. 
settle down. What's happening? And he's like, I'm going to rip off your cat's head and fuck its throat. That's what's happening. And you're like, DC Comics, are you feeling okay? And he's like, never better, bro. Hang on a sec. I got to down this monster energy drink and cover myself in Axe body spray. And you're like, DC Comics, what happened to you? And your front door explodes. And DC Comics flies in on a skateboard doing some sick tricks. And it's like, it's the new 52. And then it takes a hit from its vape. So, uh, <laughs> after, uh, after running an overwhelmingly successful comic book company for almost a hundred years, the shareholders at Detective Comics saw a slight dip in sales and they said, and I'm quoting, so do you guys want to just scrap this whole thing and start over? Oh my God. And, uh, so then their PR person had to come out and be like, that's right, everyone. Everything is different. And the shareholders went, well, uh, hang on, not not Batman. Yeah, you can't make you can't make Batman different. Batman's got to be the same. And so the PR was person was like, all right, everything but Batman is different. And the fans were like, but how? Why? And they were like, Barry Allen did too much PCP and he KO'd the timeline. And then they were like, they did something completely unforgivable. They made Aquaman cooler than Superman. And then after about 10 minutes of Superman pissing and moaning, the shareholders were like, hey, can we just kill that guy and switch him out for the old one? And uh, they got a taste of their own power. And it turns out power is a sandwich too delicious to put down. And that's what happened. <laughs> that's how the new 52 was born. Yeah, that was wow. That was amazing. So this was my actual introduction to the new 52. After I read The Court of Owls, which you assigned to me, which was Batman's first like real deep dive into the new 52 right which was the reboot of the the continuity of dc comics correct they started issues over from one so there was batman one now all of a sudden um so i decided after that to be like oh let me look at like how sharp the change was from i think they call it like the crisis on infinite earth right. timeline right to the new 52 yeah so i noticed because i assumed that the pre-new 52 stuff just stopped and they started new stuff but that's not quite what happened they restarted those same stories yes so like batman had two that were going on one was batman incorporated and one was batman the dark knight so they just ended those and started them back over but this time with like the new 52 seasoning on top right so this is what i wrote down from it batman incorporated before the new 52 a guy has been tortured in a garage and we got to find the only weakness but the witness's girlfriend has been taken hostage only batman can find her and unravel this mystery the same story batman incorporated post new 52 reboot it opens with two children being hung from light poles in the street <laughs> batman the dark knight pre new 52 the penguins goons are trying to shoot batman but he's got the upper hand and then someone hacks into the batmobile and drives away that's the first issue of batman the dark knight pre new 52 batman the dark knight post new 52 is demons are possessing citizens of Gotham and they sacrifice a woman to the demons by stabbing her in the chest. It's uh it's a new tone. <laughs> yes it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So how was this? Okay. I liked it. It has there All right, so I don't want to I don't want to go too much into detail yet with spoilers. I enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. It's definitely an improvement. Like this one, I'm not saying the new 52 was as a whole, but like 
the change they made right. for this kind of story in this direction was definitely an improvement. Right. It's a lot more mysterious. There's more twists and turns. There is a literal and figurative labyrinth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is interesting. I love the idea of the talons. I love the Court of Owls. There's uh, maybe something at the end that happens that is, uh, I think you'll like, it's a pretty big surprise or it can be. Oh, yeah. But right. and I feel like a lot of people were like, I don't like this or I do like this. But at the end of the day, they leave it kind of open so that you're not. There's no definitive answer to it. Yeah. It could be that the person who is making this this twist is lying. Right. Or doesn't know that he's. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, he could be wrong. Right. Or she. Wow, that'd be a real twist. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. A woman in a DC comic. I enjoyed it. There were some things that I, I was like, so the Owl Saga is the first two-story arc of the New 52 for Batman. Batman is investigating a plot to kill Bruce Wayne, and it's starting to look like the murder is being conspired by a fictional group called the Court of Owls. But they're just a legend from a children's rhyme. Or are they? Huh? This is what my favorite thing about it. The world's... So I don't think this is a spoiler, so I think you're good. But the world's greatest detective is absolutely certain that the Court of Owls doesn't exist. Because when he was 10 years old, he thought they might be in a spooky house and then they weren't. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. I do. I just gave this a reread like yesterday and, and ended it today. And I do remember reading that and going like, it's a good plot point, but it is a bit of a stretch that at no point Bruce Wayne went. Yeah, but I was 10. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So from now on, I, I do kind of want to jump into spoilers because there's some interesting things that I really like. So I would recommend it. Like definitely give it a read, mm -hmm. especially if you have a friend you can borrow it from or go to a library or whatever. Like it's... It's a quick read, yeah. too. It's two volumes, but it moves very it fast. It flows really fast. Yeah, and the artwork is beautiful. Uh, Greg Capullo outdoes himself. I I, yeah. I looked at some of his stuff before this, too, and it's nothing like this. Yeah. He did a... He just made a huge right turn, really threw a Hail Mary out there that I think he did. He probably didn't know if people were going to like it or not, because it's very off the wall, but it works so well. I like it better than the writing, honestly. I think the book is beautiful. Yeah. So give it a read, and now we'll uh, we'll dive into spoilers. <laughs> I, so I do. I wrote here. Capullo's art is insane. It's fucking insane. Like the parts where, like, yeah, every page where Batman is in the labyrinth, that is terrifying. Yeah, like when he starts turning into an owl, right. and like sees his parents and shit. It's terrifying well just also the idea of like they literally printed it like upside down like there were certain pages i don't know if your copy has that but the digital copy i got mine off of comiXology and they kind of follow the printed format but they take the page through the one issue that he's going through the whole labyrinth and it turns in a clockwise fashion so like as he's going through it turns and at one point, there are several pages that are literally upside down. Alan stabs him through the chest. I don't have that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I was wondering if they had done that or not, but they actually do that as well. Even without it, the artwork of him going through the whole labyrinth. The artwork is so good. Like, so one of the allegories, not it's not an allegory, but um, uh, sort of rhyming components of the story is that when Bruce Wayne, as a child, is looking for the Court of Owls, he says he was locked away for eight days before they found him. Um, like he accidentally locked himself in this room looking for the Court of Owls and it was eight days before the police found him. And they say about him that he has been in this labyrinth. He's been gone for over a week. 
And I'm like, that's eight days. <laughs> like he's doing the same thing that he did before trying to find the court of owls and just being unsuccessful. Yeah. And I love that. He says, I shouldn't drink the water, but I need to, to survive. It's probably drugged. And I'm like, could be. Yeah. It might be drugged or you might just be losing your mind because you haven't slept for eight days. <laughs> yeah. It lives in that like in between area of you don't know that. And I will say that that Scott Snyder does that really well. And he does that. Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder did the entire new 52 run together. They hated each other, too. <laughs> yeah, they could not stand each other. I think they hated each other in a way of like, he gives me all this shit to draw and I got to do it. And then his, you know, Greg Capullo's stuff will come back and it's so complicated. I think it was one of those. Like It was that, uh, supposedly, it was that Snyder liked to give, okay, you're going to draw this and you're going to draw this. And when I say this, this, this is what you're going to do. Right. And he was like, nah, man, give me the beats. Yeah. He was like, just give me like outlines and i will make the the panels which the panel layout in this is fantastic it's great it's beautiful there's i've just thought there's even one shot where he and dick are talking and it's through the eyes of the mask and i was like why that happens a few times there are a few times where you see what characters are seeing through masks right and that one is yeah it's not even a character i mean it's sort of a character it's the cowl (laughs) it's just through the eyes of the cow but scott snyder i will say does a really good job of living in that first of all living in that in-between area of like is this a plot against Batman or is Bruce Wayne pushing himself too far? Is he pushing himself to the limit? And what are the limits of, of him doing that? And he does a really good job of, you know, he Scott Snyder finds these weird either facts or allegories or tales or something and is able to poetically weave it so that you get a bigger picture. It feels like a bigger scope of a story. And that is one thing I do like is like he starts laying out the history of Gotham in certain areas to pl- it feels important. It feels important. it feels like it's going to have lasting effects. Yeah, and that's great. And that the, it gives a real sense of like texture to the whole to all of his stories. Yeah. And importance to it, which is really I, I that's one of the things I love about not just this arc and this storyline. I'll probably down the line give you more from their run because this was even though people universally hated the new 52 this one particular book and this one particular run people loved they were like this is the shining light of it yeah i almost started reading death in the family because i think that's the third one that might be the next one that you get yeah because it's really good but there's not there's not a single bad arc in this entire run from start to finish here's some notes that i had just sort of wonders quote i am sick to death of owls is such a great line like Right before, oh, uh, the end of my last point was that, like, the art in the labyrinth where he finally starts losing his mind and he's like, he's not going to be able to last anymore. You really see, like, the craft of the Court of Owls and the Talons specifically because Batman puts his hands on his head and he starts screaming and losing his mind. The next panel, his hands have turned to an owl's talons. So they're covered in feathers mm-hmm. and like he has claws. Mm-hmm. And the next panel is a full page of the talent stabbing him from the back like it's clockwork. Right. This is what we do. As soon as he starts to lose his mind, he gets stabbed, which is great. Uh, I love Via. Yeah, I love they're like, oh, let's let's kill him. Let's all kill him. Whatever. And he's envisioning all these tiny owls or whatever, like owl people crawling all over him and he freaks out he jumps up and he starts punching the talon and in between punches he says i am sick to death of owls 
And I was like, I kind of am too, which I loved. Like, I was like, man, there's a lot of owl shit in this. Like, I was really like, that was starting to wear on me a little bit that I was like, yeah, okay. Because, you know, he's like, you know, owls don't make their own nests. They either find ones that other birds have abandoned or they steal the nest from a person, which is how I was able to find out that they've been living in all my buildings. And I'm like, yeah, all right. And like, it's like, oh, they have, ta- you know, their talons that they use to kill. And I'm like, yeah, all right. There's just so much owl shit. And I love that. Like, it's also bu- like bothering Batman. Yeah, it actually like plays into the story. It's not just like an oversight by the writers of like, we got to cram this down their throat. It is actually meant to wear you down. It doesn't wear on you too much. Right. Like you're just getting to the point where you're like, I'm getting kind of sick of all this owl shit. And then Batman is like, I'm fed up with this. Yeah. Well, also <laughs> because it does actually like play into the plot like i though i did love the the detail of like owls use someone else's nest and that is how you find like the other i was like oh that's a brilliant little twist and then it keeps going but they do actually like pay off it's not just a random owl factoid you know what i mean so there's at least that that i think makes it so it doesn't quite wear get, get to the point where it gets over it gets overwrought. I was also like the coincidence that the owl is the bat's natural predator. I was like, that's a little much for me. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. But uh, like little, it was all little stuff, but it's not like there was no one thing that I was like, yeah, I can't take this anymore. Like it never wore on me that it felt like a drag to keep reading or anything like that. There was one part that I think was a big problem. Uh, and I've just written here. Who the fuck is Harper? Is that the, the girl? Yeah. She gets taught. So she plays in later down. She becomes uh, Blue right- Jay. I, I did a brief. I looked her up. Yeah. She gets more play actually in a later storyline. I had to look her up too because I remember reading this for the first time and I was like, ah, shit. I don't know who this character is because I had been out of reading comics for a while and then I would gotten back into it. So I started reading this. But it's also like the new 52 was a reboot. Like he hasn't seen that. We don't we haven't seen them with this person. That's the thing. We haven't seen this person. But he has. But he has. That's kind of. And when you read the full arc, then you kind of re- are like, oh, this is kind of brilliant because they do a storyline called Zero Year about two more storylines down the road that gives her introduction. Yeah, so it's like you gotta keep it. So, but what's brilliant about that is that, like Snyder and Capullo had a long game that they were playing with all these yeah, storylines. Yeah, so it's just like an life. appetizer. Yeah, it's a little appetizer. You're like, wait, who is that? Oh, my favorite moment. I think it's one that probably gets overlooked by a lot of readers. My favorite part of this entire book. I just wrote. It's great to see Batman absolutely shitting his tights when he sees the dead talon in the bat cave he's on death's door and he like sneaks into the bat cave through the sewers alfred finds him and he's like oh my god and he's like bruce master wayne it's you and he alfred like drags him into the bat cave and there's a dead talon propped up in the bat cave and he just screams no and i was like it's great to see batman just shit his pants yeah that he's not once he gets out of the trap he's not fully together one also he's not vengeance he's not the knight he's not justice he's a guy that's what i mean like he is not once he escapes from the thing he's like all right i'm gonna just shake this off now like it is still viscerally with him yeah he needs to recover and again, Snyder does a really good job with that, with his characterization of Bruce Wayne and Batman of like the stuff he does, it sticks with him through the whole thing. That's not like I go out and I have a bad battle and then I come back and I shake it off and then I go back out again. Like 
it is constantly a build. It is constantly like on top of, on top of, on top of, on top of. And this has to, that starts to wear down on the person. I wrote here as well, obvious trajectory from pre-New 52 to Bat Dick. This is clearly the evolutionary step. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the middle ground between like the Caped Crusader and Bruce Wayne's Wang. Oh, oh yeah. Or as I call it, Bruce Wang. <laughs> oh, here's another thing. I figured out the twist almost immediately. Yeah. Like as soon as I saw the guy, I was like, uh, not, not the twist. Well, yeah, even the twist. Like, so here's what I wrote. Talents have already shown that they're talent talented enough to stab without being fatal. Right. So like nature brand, whatever, what's his name? Lincoln. Lecture Lincoln March. March. Yep. Lincoln March. He gets stabbed twice by the talents, but it's like, right. And you're supposed to think like, Oh, he got lucky. They, they hate him. They don't like him, but it's like, they've already shown that if they wanted him dead, he yeah. would be also Lincoln March is clearly the villain. He shoots a talon who's just waiting behind his front door. Like Batman comes in and like, he's like Bruce Wayne and then shoots the gun. And you're supposed to think he knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne and he shot Bruce Wayne. He shot Batman, but then the door folds close and a talon has just been standing there waiting. Yeah. And he shot the talon instead. And I also said, they look exactly the same. The same. They do. It was so difficult for me to tell who was who in the beginning. Right. Well, that's it. It's, it was definitely, if this storyline has one fault, it's the fact that like, it does suffer from that. Oh, the new guy. Yeah. It's the new guy. Uh, I know all these other people. So it's definitely the, the one new character you've introduced to me is the one that's going to be dead. Or the, the it's going to be the, that's be, the twist. Yeah, you the know? guy with the mask. It's going to be the there twist. There are two people who yeah. have been introduced. One of them is in a mask. The other one isn't. Yeah. So it's definitely the new guy. Yeah. yeah it's the same the, guy. It's the one fault of this. But that being said, I think what's nice is the twist that he says, you're like, okay, well, at least I didn't see that being paired with him you know what i mean it's i they did. don't just leave the twist <laughs> i was like are they related that's fair like as yeah, soon as they're drawn similar because they, they look the same yeah, yeah. they look exactly they the do. same they have the same eye color the same hair color their chins are drawn the same he just lo- it looks like they they drew a body next to bruce wayne and then they copied the head and made it a just stretched a it to be bigger. a little bigger yeah yeah um but i like that they try not to just go like the big twist that, that it, is that this is the bad guy. Yeah. Like, I think you're supposed to not supposed to know it, but that they're not hanging just on that one. See, thing. I actually think it would have been a better choice to show that it was not Lincoln March and it's just someone else. And we don't know who it is at the end of the story. Sure. And then you can still have the Lincoln March that being his like a, his not twin, his brother. Oh, yeah. hundred Which would be an interesting subplot. Right. The only other note I have about this is I enjoyed it a lot. But it was not good enough to warrant every nerd and their fucking grandmother owning one of those stupid masks. <laughs> uh, I agree with you there. I'm kind of sick to death of seeing those masks at a Comic-Con. Yeah. It's, I will say it's the easiest Comic-Con costume to just slap on a suit and put on yep. a mask and you're done. And the very last thing I have to say is that after the new 52, DC went on to their next reboot almost immediately called the newer 52-er. You're really proud of that one, and you should be. You should be proud of that one. That one's really is that is that right? Is that right? What was the real one? Rebirth. Oh, and after that is Afterbirth. That's right. So that's all I had to say about that. You know, 
I like your jokes. I don't like when you use me as some sort of pawn for your setups. <laughs> you son of a... But we're in Rebirth now, right? Yes, we're in Rebirth now, which is kind of like... It's kind of a marrying of the two now, of the original of, yeah. of original flavor and extra crispy. Which is crispy. sort of what the New 52 was. The New 52 was... Because the New 52 was marrying the Crisis world with the Flashpoint world, right? Kind of. Essentially, no, 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 no. The New 52 was the idea that because of Flashpoint, when he went back and fixed everything, the timeline didn't fix itself Right. Completely. But it wasn't a marrying of two universes. All the way. It was just like, right. a, like at this point in time, instead of the timeline going one way, it went another way. Fun fact. I, I just remembered. I was like, how did he fix the timeline again? And I forgot for a minute that vaguely he goes back and sees himself and he's like, hey, don't do it is what actually happens. Uh, like, don't stop your mom from dying. Right. But in my head for a second, I was like, does he go back in time and kill his mom? Yeah, he kills his own mom. <laughs> Just like fucking stabs her. And he's if, like covered if, in blood. And he's like, oh, thank God we can finally get back to normal. Yeah. That's if it had been done in the new 52, that's how it would have been done. Cool. All right. I'm glad that you like this. I'm glad that this is. Yeah. It's not as uh, it is probably near the back like the lower end of the ones that i've really enjoyed because i really liked like the long halloween i really liked identity crisis and some of that superman stuff was real good i have for you have you ever watched a show on netflix called agretzko no agretzko is a sanrio cartoon sanrio you will know because they do um hello kitty okay and among other things including um oh what's the egg's name sure gudetama is this like lazy egg that they do? Yeah, like... I I know of it. I've seen the I've seen the posters in your kitchen. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, yeah, Melinda's a big fan of uh, Gudetama. Agretzko is their take on Office Life, and it's a TV show on Netflix. They just started their third season. They just released it literally today, but when this is coming out, two weeks ago. <laughs> so uh, I would like. I've watched the first two seasons already. Melinda and I are really, really excited to watch the third one. It's a really good show. Okay. I know that you uh, you had your preconceived notions when I said it was the company that made Hello Kitty. Yep. But it is aimed at adults more. Okay. Wait, Hello Kitty isn't? Nope. And what's with all those body pillows I keep seeing? I'll never forget when Sanrio, or I think it might have been the creator of Hello Kitty, came out and was like, oh, she's not a cat. She's a human girl. And everyone went, what? <laughs> yeah. Again, there's a there's a uh, the toys that made us on Hello Kitty. You should watch it. Okay, maybe I will. Yeah. The um so the plot of Agretzko is this young woman in Japan. She works in an office setting. Everyone is mean to her, <laughs> and she takes it out by going to karaoke by herself and screaming death metal. <laughs> That's actually really good. It's and yeah, and she's she's a so there it's like hello it looks like Hello Kitty characters. She, I believe, is a red panda, and her best friends are like, I think a wolf and like maybe some kind of flying squirrel or something, something like that. I forget what she is. And like other people in the office, there's like a like a lizard or an alligator or something. There's a hippo. Her boss is a giant pig. <laughs> I'm looking this up as you're talking about it. Right now. It's very good. I really like it. And I'm excited for you to see it. I would like if you can. I think they're quick episodes, but I would like if it's possible to get you all the way through the third season so we can talk about it. How do you spell it? A-G-G 
R-E-T. Oh, I found it. I got it. Her name is Retzko, and the name is a parody of, like, Aggressive and Retzko, which is her... Oh, they're only, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, I think I think it should be fine. I think there's yeah. 10 episodes a season, so you should be okay. Yeah, that, that's what it looks like. Yeah. I think you can blaze right. through it. And it's not something that, like, Emerson couldn't watch with you. Like, it's not... A, it's, it's aimed at adults, but it's not like... Like, there's no swearing. I think it's in... If you have the option, watch it with subtitles with uh in in japanese okay other than uh, rather than the dubbing yeah okay because that's the way we've been watching it so i want to make sure that yeah we're talking about the same stuff all right well listen i'll get through what i get through i'll probably get through all of it listen you only gave me court of owls and not city of owls to read and i read both i mean i realized i said court of owls and then it's court and city and i was like if you only read one, it's really not going to make any It's going to feel like it just stops out of nowhere. I don't think it did because I got to I, I had both and I got to a point where I was like, oh, this is clearly where the first one ends and the second one starts because I was like, it felt like a catharsis. It felt like an ending. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Excellent. Anything else? It looks like I've said all my jokes. Excellent. So uh, I think we're good. All right, then. Well, there you go. That's it. That's the end. We did it. There was no thing. And now thing. There's a thing. And now if anyone is curious about the Court of Owls in that dumb video game, we have an episode on the Court of Owls. You can read about it in a dumb comic book now. Or listen to this podcast. Or listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess so. Yeah, I see how that works. Uh, oh, hey, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, hey, Andrew. Yes. Hey, Andrew. What? Where can they find us? Well, they can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play Music, or on SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. That's uh, all the places you can listen to us. You can also find us on Twitter, where our hashtag is at Media Lunch Break. You can find us on Facebook, which Chris doesn't run anymore. I do. You can find us on Instagram, <laughs> where our handle also is uh, The Media Lunch Break. I think it's The underscore Media underscore Lunch Break. You can also find us on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can find us on Patreon, where our Patreon is uh, Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break. We will listen to you more if you pay us. I know you are listening to us, but we will listen to you if you give us money uh, and that's called politics <laughs> and you can send us an email at the media lunch break at gmail.com or you can go to our website which is www.themedialunchbreak.com and you can check out our bios on there and stuff they're pretty funny actually i would highly recommend checking uh, them out they're actually good give us a rate and a review on itunes soundcloud or youtube or all three that'd be yeah, great yeah that really and, helps uh, a special thank you to our favorite patron, Julie. Thanks, Julie. Who uh, has always been there for us when we needed her the most. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, you just listen to us talk about uh, a certain subject, which we do every two weeks, and then you listen to talk about, uh, t- us talk about a reading assignment, which we do every two weeks. If there's a subject you want us to talk about, if you're sick of listening to us make up some subject, then you're like, I didn't want to listen to this. I wanted them to talk about this. Write us in. Let yeah. us know. If there's someone, something you want us to read or watch, write us in. If there's Let any news know. that you are interested in and you want our opinion on, we'll do it on the Newsday Tuesday. In. Absolutely. Give us a shout out. Let us know you're out there in the void. Um, all right. I think that's going to be... I think that's it. There you go. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see a court of owls. Is that what a gaggle of owls is called? A court? Well... If it is, then it wouldn't be a gaggle. Let's see. Let's see. hold on. Let me give it a googs. 
Is it? I'll give group of owls name. A parliament. Hmm. They have long been considered to be of a wise disposition. See? There you go. A parla a parliament of owls does not really have a good ring to it, though. Geese are called a gaggle as the word is imitative of the noise they make. Gaggle? Honk. Gaggle? Honk. Okay, let's not do this. This is just a bad... This is... That, how would someone think that that's what a, ge a goose sounds like? What Gaggle? What is a goose sound like uh, uh, yeah okay fair enough you got me there oh right because it's an untitled goose game we didn't talk about that this episode i know but i'm just remembering that from the last episode i'm just remembering that now a parliament so like legitimately a court of owls is a parliament of owls yeah was that intentional did you think he of course it was intentional. He's a professional writer. What do you Oh my thinking? god, I forgot to talk about Scott Snyder and Greg Capolo. I had all this info on their, like, history. Oh, save it. I'll assign you another one. There'll be another one coming. Fun fact, I go through, like... Or just do it I go now. Through, I'm not gonna do it, but I go through Scott Snyder's, <laughs> oh. like, whole, like, where he went to school and things he did and whatever, whatever, and then after that I go, Greg Capullo was named on IGN's list of the best tweeters in comics in 2013 for his, quote, invigoratingly aggressive posts on Twitter. I'm trying to think if you were at any of the panels where he was at, and he's a, he's an intense guy. I was. I remember thinking that he was like a host. He definitely is. Yeah. He's like, he's like, what the fuck up, motherfuckers? Yeah. Cause I, I looked him up and I was like, oh yeah, I've seen this guy at Comic-Con before. Yes. Yeah. You definitely have. And Snyder too. I'm pretty sure you were on a, at a panel where Snyder was. When I saw him, he was not the guy I thought he was. Cause I thought I had. But I looked him up. Oh, pfft. I just typed Zack Snyder. <laughs> not related. Yeah, this is not the guy I thought he was. He looks weird. I mean, he's okay. Sorry, I've seen a couple panels with him. He's pretty... He looks like Sloth from the Goonies. Maybe I'm thinking of a different person. Are you recording? I still have. Should I be hitting stop? I guess I should shut this off.